0: Hello and welcome to episode one hundred and eighty six of on the Freak. I'm that bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at Andrew RP. And Join me as always is the Imperium League Freak. You can find me on Twitter at League Freak. How you going there, mate? I'm pretty good. What does Imperium actually mean? The highest part of heaven. Oh really?
1: <laughs> thought by the ancients
0: one. thought by the Ancients to be the realm of
1: pure fire. Oh okay. That sounds interesting. Uh, yeah, I I'm up for that one. That's a good one.
0: Yeah, there you go. I thought that'd be a good one. And look, it's honest and accurate.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, it is. It is. Uh we like to be honest with our listeners and you know. This is what we
0: do. Yeah. We try honest, to accurate godlike. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. That's a tick in every box. Um yeah, had a bit of an idea for for a few things to discuss in this one. You, yeah, you come we, up with you come up with a brilliant idea. Yeah, and we scrapped that. Um, <laughs> no, nah, we'll
1: still do it. <laughs> we'll Chuck still it do in. what? Which one? Whatever your great idea was, fuck it. Let's just do it. You want to do that one instead? No, nah, just do all of them. Let's just do every idea possible. Jeez, let's just do a five-hour podcast. Done. Excellent. Done. Sorry. All right, what do you want to talk about first?
0: Um. I don't
1: care. Well, how about we talk about Phil Gould's brilliant idea that the National Rugby League just buys Super League, just buys it all of it.
0: That's brilliant. Um Phil Gould was um pretty pretty open in his um, you know, complaints about the NRL wasting money mm-hmm. uh when when Todd Greenberg was there. Yeah. And so this is one of this is one of uh, Good's great ideas that wouldn't be wasting money at all.
1: Yeah, I mean, if there's one thing that we've known for uh, many years, it's that English rugby league knows how to hold on to a dollar or a pound. It depends what it is.
0: Um, and it would yeah, be it, an, ap- an appreciating asset.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They could buy something that's concrete. You know, they're all of these people that were saying. Oh, by the way. I got to bring this up. Phil Gould is on 100% footy or whatever the fuck they call it on Channel 9 right now. Mm-hmm. And you know what he's been saying? That he doesn't understand why they scrapped the national youth competition.
0: Oh, he's been banging on about this all day.
1: Yeah. Now, who was banging that drum to scratch the national, scrap it more than him? Yeah. Like he he wanted it scrapped for years and years and years and now he's saying that it shouldn't have been scrapped. It's brilliant. But anyway, he, he thinks we should buy Super League. Now, I've considered this on my website in the past from time to time. Um, I've said that it, what would happen if, say, the NRL took a controlling interest in, say, the London Broncos or something like that. But the problems that you would encounter uh, buying Super League, I mean, they're, they're varied. They're multi-layered. And the biggest one that I can think of is that you could buy Super League and realize that you haven't actually bought anything. Similar to when the UFC bought Pride for like $40 million. And it turned out that they weren't actually buying anything. They really just got their back catalog of videos. So I feel like this would be a similar move.
0: But without the videos. Yeah, pretty much. A lot Um, of footage that no one wants to watch. <laughs> the only thing I can think of that, that could be done here is that every single NRL team, well, not every single one of them, nearly every single NRL team would affiliate themselves with a Super League team mm-hmm. and have the Super League team as a feeder club. And you have to match this up, not in a way that makes sense, because the whole purchasing of Super League makes zero sense whatsoever. Yeah. I think what you do is you just sort of look at the ge- geographics of it all and go, right... London, maybe they could go with Canberra,
2: mm-hmm.
0: okay, because they're the second most southernmost team in the Super League, Yeah, much like Canberra is, on the mainland, Um, you know, so which means that Catalan Dragons would have to be merged with the Melbourne Storm. Does
1: because... that mean, that, does that, mean it... that, like, Hull KR would be well, affiliated with the Brisbane Broncos?
0: We'll get there in a sec. Okay. So my reasoning for why the Catalan Dragons would be with the Melbourne Storm is because it's southern southernmost team in the competition. Yeah. Um everyone in in that area that supports Catalan all come from another country and speaking completely different language that no one understands. Yeah. Um and they all tend to follow a different sport that makes no sense. Yeah. Um and then yeah, we've got to look into I suppose that whole section there along the, the major highway there in, in England, mm-hmm. and you're looking at the east to west. Yeah. So I think you'd be looking at the whole teams, mm-hmm. and one of them's going to have to be the Sydney Roosters. Well, they could they could be whole KR
1: because, whole KR? yeah, I'm trying to think why that would work. Yeah.
0: I'm thinking more maybe south. Souths. Souths. That's South Hull and Hull KR. KR. yeah, And maybe so, have I, Hull FC with the Sydney Roosters. I
1: can't have that. As a Hull FC fan, I can't have that.
0: You can't have it?
1: No, 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 no,
0: no. Um, yeah, I don't know what other alternative options there are available there. See, there is some sort of... Uh,
1: like, between South and Hull KR, because South fans don't have any teeth... And Hull KR fans tend to lose their teeth because of all of the meth use. But
0: that, that's um, a very, very fair comparison.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, and Hulk KR, I mean, when you look at Hull KR and then Hull FC, which is just a higher level of humanity completely, you know. So, I, I, really, I really think that Hull FC would just stand on their own two feet.
0: You don't think they'd need to be affiliated with an NRL club? Nah. Nah, they're too strong. Hmm. Well, I mean, that kind of shit's on the whole idea. Well, the whole idea is a bit shit, to be fair. True, true.
1: And, you know, and, like, I don't... What are you buying? I don't know what you're buying when you buy Super League. Like, you're, are you you're just...
0: buying a financial drain, is what you're buying.
1: Yeah, and like, because you're not buying the clubs, and even if you did buy the clubs,
0: well, you probably it, are, but still, it's still a financial drain as well. Well, yeah, it still is.
1: But just say you buy the clubs, there's not much to some of them clubs as well. Like I think, I think uh, when Salford were p- purchased, you know, there wasn't much of Salford that was actually bought. You know, it was kind of an idea, um, concept, if you will. Yeah, pretty much. Like, there'd be some clubs that you'd get something out of. Say, for instance, say you brought St. Helens. They've got the the use of that stadium, which is pretty handy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Leeds Rhinos, I mean, they're a, they're a team that has a whole city to themselves. But then, if that's the case, the Bradford Bulls really should have been a good buy, and they haven't been a good buy. It, it doesn't help that they were really, really badly run, but still. Um,
0: Ooh, Bradford could be... Affiliated with the Sharks. Yeah. Got a very big venue that's owned by either them or the league. Yeah, we, actually,
1: we still um, don't
0: know who owns that fucking place. Very, very well known for um, both clubs for their financial prowess. Yep. Um, but Bradford was successful. A while ago. Yeah. Briefly. Yeah, has fallen yeah. away a bit since then. But it's fallen away to the point where people have actually started to forget about that successful period. Even though the yeah. successful period wasn't too long ago, people have kind of forgotten. So I think those two would would go well together. Mm-hmm. And then you could have the Bradford Bull Sharks. The Bull Sharks. <laughs> God, that just rolls off the tongue.
1: Who was it? The, the Shattersfield Eagles, I think it was.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Who would Huddersfield be aligned with? I'm I'm genuinely thinking the West Tigers. Um there there is something about
1: Huddersfield and Campbelltown, hey.
0: Yeah. I was just even thinking like just purely results wise. Oh yeah, yeah. Just being on the road, sort of. Yeah, no one can remember the last time there were regulars in the finals. It just happens every now and then by accident. Yeah, see, like a a real good season is like oh yeah, scraped into the finals. A real good season is yes, we got to ninth again. Yeah. <laughs> um. Oh, how else is it going to be? The dragons.
1: Um, what would it, link them with. It would have to be somebody who's had their coach
0: for like thirty seven years. Hmm, and can't get rid of him. Yeah. And it's got to the point where you, you don't know if they're trying to get rid of him or whether they actually want to hang on to him. Because they can't afford to sack him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, God, that's a tough one. Who's does Sean Wayne coach at the moment?
1: I, I think he is an assistant coach for like a Scottish, the Scottish Rugby Union team or something something uh, weird like that. In another tangent.
0: which we might come back and discuss later. Apparently, he's been put forward as a possibility to coach the Bulldogs.
1: Yeah, look, sometimes people uh, suffer major head injuries, you know, and, and it really scrambles their noggin up a little bit, and they put forward ideas like having, you know, Sean Wayne coaching the Warriors. The best part about the Warriors coaches over the years is if you look at them, Unless your name is Ivan, you've been a terrible coach for the Warriors. Um, You know, and they're like, they'll sign someone that's just as bad. You just know it.
2: Daniel Anderson
1: went okay. Yeah, Daniel Anderson went okay. But that's about it. I wouldn't call him bad, though. I think he went okay. Ivan Cleary was their best coach, and he just wanted a contract extension. That's all he wanted. Yeah. And they said, nah. No, nah, we're not doing that, and it worked out great for them. Yeah, then
0: he got tired.
1: We well, he got tired at Penrith, and
0: uh, I think he gets tired everywhere. Do you reckon? Yeah, he's so he's, just, what? he's, he's got, got a bit of a time. lethargy about him. That, it just creeps in every few years.
1: Uh, he's got Penrith humming
0: along now. No, you know? he's full of beans at the moment. But give him two years, he'll start getting tired.
1: See, now that he hasn't got feel good looking over his shoulder and fucking everything up at Penrith. I think he'll go well. I think we've got a lot of success coming our way over the next couple of years. Oh. The, uh, the, gust the, yeah, the gust factor. Yeah, the gas factor. But yes. back to the idea of buying Super League. Mm. Um, I, I don't know what the NRL gets out of it. They don't get talent because any talented players come over here anyway and they're not that talented. Um, oh. They don't get... That, you know they they're not going to make money because you just no one's making money in super league um, you would have to really break everything down and rebuild it from the ground up i just don't see any reason why it would be a good idea these days in any way at all like and even if you looked at say nrl clubs buying into super league clubs i just don't know what they get out of it like, they're not getting it from a junior development pathway because... There's no junior development in England. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, the junior development in England is basically being shot in the head mm. and is rotten in a, in a fucking field somewhere at the moment. So I just don't know what you get out of it at all. Yeah, I think big. Super League has so many problems that Super League has to fix itself before it looks like any sort of appealing like proposition for anybody to invest in. At all. Tell you What?
0: Super League, you get an awful lot out of it if the
1: NRL came along and bought it. Well, they would, but like, what is the goal of doing something like that? Like, you would want to build up a rugby league in the UK. I think the only way that you could do it is if, say, you bought Super League, you'd have to buy all the clubs, and yeah. then the NRL would have to just be ruthless and say, look, we're not having a team in, or we're not having Castleford and Wakefield right next door. One of them's getting moved. You know, we're we haven't to bring back Bradford because oh. they were in a city. You know, what you, do like, you I say right we, like we've that, bought,
0: do. Well I think what you do is say, right, we've bought um the Super League. Yeah. And with that we're gonna put forward sixteen teams who can be in our top division competition. And you have to come to us and and argue why you deserve to be one of those sixteen license holders. Yeah. And obviously they're gonna talk to the teams in the current Uh, Super League and then yeah you look at things like you know how close you are to another area success that sort of thing and that would also mean that you know would you really want to have Leeds and Huddersfield in there at the same time you know you start start looking at ideas like that Um, Southford is an absolute must and yeah as you said Bradford has to be there You've got to start looking at those large regional areas, which we've spoken about in previous episodes. Yeah. And the, and the, the other thing that would have to happen is promotion relegation would have to be shot in the arse. Oh, yeah, 100%. Because, like,
1: if they want to have investment into these teams, you can't have there being a trapdoor where your investment just goes out the window because you have a bad year. Because if you look at the NRL... We've had the the Panthers, we've had the Storm, we've had the Eels, we've had the Roosters, we've had the, you know, uh, Titans. I mean, pretty much every team has won a wooden spoon over the last 20 years. And, you know, if, if those teams were
0: relegated, who would we have in the NRL right now? It'd be a mess. That's right. Um, and that constant revolving door makes it hard to get long-term sponsors. Which... It really does. If the super leagues honest, they could look at it and go, that might be a reason why we've got teams that are struggling for sponsorship. Well, we're giving away the the naming rights or whatever it is of the of the game to truck drivers and <laughs> for free.
1: Yeah, that Stobart deal. I could not believe that when it's they. It's still the craziest shit I've ever heard. It's it was it just trashed their their ability to sell that major sponsorship.
0: It made them a joke it really did like we could laugh at them and stuff like that from from afar prior to that but they were at least were able to get a good sponsorship deal the whole time and still make money and and work towards something there but as soon as they gave away the sponsorship for free mm. you immediately took away the game's right to you know trade for itself and and give itself any sort of standpoint to to work from you can't Imagine if you go to your next sponsor after Stobart and say, look, we want to get, say, $150 million over 10 years for this game. Every sponsor's going to go, wash with paper, are you allowed Stobart to get away with it for free? Exactly. How do you negotiate from that point? That's exactly. so
2: stupid.
1: I, and I had so many people that would argue with me that it was a great deal. And their idea was that, well, we're going to have all of these moving billboards going all across the <laughs> UK. And it's like, you you gave away one of the very few assets you have for stickers on trucks and, and I could not get it through to some people mm. and look at there's so many terrible decisions the rugby football leagues made with super league over the years and my my real concern right now is that they have tried so many different things and none of it's working and they kind of look at super league and it's it it's just a boring competition it's really really boring like it, we're down to a couple of teams are now in the chase for it every year. Only four teams have ever won Super League ever, and yep, like what are the what is the goal? You know, obviously they're trying to reach out and get these. Um, you know, they, they've got Toronto, which is great having them in there. Caroline Dragons are great. Hopefully they they get to lose in, but all of the English stuff is boring. It's in one day, all of these expansion clubs are going to get together and say, hang on a second. Why are we having to be the ones that carries the rest of super league? Why don't we just make our own league, you know, chuck a few extra teams in there, play like three, three games against each other every year and just have our own comp.
0: What, this is a question I've got now is what's going to happen at the end of the year. If Toronto get relegated, because that's, That's where they are at the moment. Like they're coming last in Super League. Mm. So relegation is a real thing. What happens to that Toronto team after all those years of building up a successful, strong team, they finally get their crack at Super League and bang, they're out the door on their ass after one season. And it's one bad season where they've hardly won a game. Yeah. A really bad season. It decimates everything they've worked for in the space of a few months. I don't know who's doing their recruitment
1: but th- they are destroying any chance that club has of success. I mean, to, to look at someone like Callum Watkins and <laughs> to see what he has not done over so many years now and to see what he, he was just completely useless at, at the Titans and for anybody to go and chase him and bring him in, like, what were they thinking? I, that's got me beat. And they've got a terrible coach. Brian McDermott is, a, is a, just a terrible coach. And I don't want to hear anyone say, oh, he won Super League titles. There are some of the worst professional coaches in the history of rugby league have won Super League titles. Some of them have won multiple Super League titles. You know, winning Super League titles is easy. You've just got to be at the right club at the right time when exactly. they, they want to outspend everyone.
0: Yeah, the current uh, Gold Coast Titans coach won a Super League title.
1: Yeah, and look how they're going. Like, they've had one decent victory in his whole time there. And it was against a team that just fucking rolled over and died. You know, I I heard on the weekend somebody saying, oh, I wish I could remember who it was. They were saying Nathan Brown would be a good coach for the New Zealand Warriors. And they were saying, oh, he he did well up in Newcastle, except it all went terrible at the end. And he was really successful in England. And I'm thinking to myself, anytime you hear somebody say, so-and-so was a successful coach in England, write them off. Put a big red mark through
0: their name. I'm I'm. I'm under the impression Nathan Brown is a very particular coach for a very particular purpose.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And that purpose is you've got a lot of deadwood. You need to clean it out. He's good at doing that. He did it at Huddersfield. He did it at Newcastle. Um, he's not the coach you go to when you've got an entire country's worth of players to to. To pick from, and you desperately need success more than anything else. He's not the person you go to. Um, I'd be going if I was them. I'd be going so hard after Tuvi. No one else. Just go right. We need Jeff Tuvi. He's our one. He's our like we're going after. Someone chase him down and ask him how much he wants for the for the gig.
1: I I agree one hundred percent. I I don't rate Nathan Brown at all. You know he took over a pretty good Saint George Illawarra team and did jack shit with them went over to England you know and the success he had in England who cares come back to the the Knights took them from being wooden spooners to just not being wooden spooners caused a bunch of drama along the way and then quit on them like Mm -hmm. I just I don't rate him if he never got another NRL
0: coaching gig I think it'd probably be a good thing would he be better than Matthew Elliott I mean Elliott is the yardstick
1: he is the yardstick for being absolutely hopeless. Um hmm.
0: if you found out that Penrith are looking for a new coach and it's down to Nathan Brown and Elliot again, mm-hmm. which one which one are you gonna tell Penrith to sign? I th- I would probably go with Nathan Brown. Mm.
1: Because hopefully Nathan Brown will quit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Matthew Elliott ain't fucking quitting.
0: No. So, oh, let's let's bring in some teacups and some t- little tea set. I've got a nice little china yeah. set here, some bloody wind chimes, got some herbs. Let's get ourselves cozy. Do you reckon he would have brought bean bags in? I bet he did. He'd be the I bet he
2: had, like, in-
1: <laughs> like, the sort of bean bags that are, like, real close to the ground, not the traditional ones. They're, like, flat on the ground, probably sits down across his legs when he's Going to talk to a player and he says, come and sit down with me. Have some some of my herbal tea. And like you're, you're thinking, man, this is fucking weird. And <laughs> drink the tea and then when you're done, you put the thing there and he goes and he grabs your cup and he looks and he starts reading the tea leaves. And you're like, oh, my God, he's set me up this whole time. And the wind chimes are going and he's burning shit, incense and stuff. He's got an oil burner as well. He's doubling up on it. The air's thick with that shit. He's got like a fucking dream catcher stuff like that, and you just like, get me the fuck out of this club.
0: You'd, you'd feel like you have been groomed in <laughs> yeah. a very unpleasant way yeah. with no result in the end.
1: Exactly. Um, like you, you walk out of the room and you're like, what the fuck just happened in there? I want my life back. Where do <laughs> <he> go? <laughs> you go up to another player and I say, what did he you tell you about the game in the weekend? And you go, I don't know, but he said that, he's reading my palm that there's going to be a big life event in my mid-50s. Oh, He's,
0: he's such a uh, such a lovely, he's a good bloke, though. He's a nice fella. Great bloke. Soul yeah. of the earth. Yeah, most obviously. Mm. Um, do you reckon he'd be the sort of bloke that would get those beanbags, and instead of putting the right amount of beanbags in there, he only puts half of them in there, just to save a bit of money?
1: Yeah, 100%. Yeah. 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 When you see or like you know when you see a beanbag you look, ooh beanbag. And then you sink into it and you basically your ass hits the ground and you're like, <laughs> What the fuck? <laughs> like well they weren't having a sale on the fucking beanbag shit, were they? It was expensive that day when you
0: bought your beanbags. That's alright. He he puts the beads in there purely because he thinks it makes sense. He's not like he's doing a Trent Barrett thing where Trent just goes, I can't afford it anymore. I've already bought the bags and the beads. How many how many more of these fucking beans do <laughs> you need to put in there? can't afford this so yeah it'd be uh that would be a bit of a tragedy there
1: we got right off track then
0: yeah
1: Um, i i can't actually see the track what did you think about the warriors getting rid of uh stephen kearney i thought it was a little bit harsh but at the same time his record is absolutely diabolical there and how long are they supposed to carry on with a terrible coach getting terrible results
0: before they do get rid of him i'd like to know why they waited until the absolute wrong moment to finally grow a spine and do something they should have done two years ago yeah um uh, he's just i think i saw a good summary of him recently and pretty much said he tried to be craig bellamy Mm -hmm. in that you know tried to Tried to build a team based on good defence mm-hmm. and playing simple football. Um, but having, you know, having really classy players to roll off the back of that. But he neither had a good defence, um, good systems or classy players to work with. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, and look, their junior development has been atrocious as well. While has he not there?
0: been able to get a good crop of youngsters come through there? Mm. How has he not even don't. been able to get a good squad out of there? There's so many um, New Zealand and Pacific Island players that are currently in the NRL more than ever in the game's history,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and he somehow hasn't been able to find even half of the best ones to play for his play for the team there. How, how is your recruitment that bad? And so I can't even blame Kearney entirely because he's not he's not solely responsible for no. all of that. No the person who's involved in the recruitment as well, recruitment retention, they, they need to be, you know, they need to be pissed off as well. I agree. And at at this stage, if they keep those people there and don't change the system. So, you know, I I believe Kearney didn't have a huge say in who was being recruited half the time. I dare say he probably said, you know, who he'd like to get. Mm -hmm. And they, they do a guess based on what he said. you know, you go forward and say, Oh look, we really need to get someone like Cameron Munster, a really genuinely good you know, playmaker at five eight. and they go Cameron Munster. Hmm. Cody Nicarima. That's that starts with the same sound. Let's go yeah. with that. Yeah. They both start with a kuh sound. And they yeah, both wear is- six. And they both play test footy. Pfft, God, they're the same player. Let's just do that. Yes. That's pretty much how their recruitment works at the moment, I think. See, I think the problem for the Warriors, and look, the Warriors,
1: they've uh, they've put Todd Payton in there. Is there because he's an assistant coach. So now he's the caretaker. Yeah, and he was, another... talking, he was talking about like some of their players might go home because they're so upset that Kearney was sacked. And it's like, well, if they're that upset, why didn't they pull their fucking fingers out and play some half decent football over the last couple of years underneath Kearney?
0: Because it's a cushy job. Todd yep. Payton's another one of those blokes who, as a coach, is in the he's a good bloke category. And there was a period there when Jason Taylor was about to, you know, look like he was about to get the sack at the West Tigers. Yeah. But Todd Payton was being put forward as the replacement for him mm-hmm. because a lot of the young blokes have been coached by Todd Payton when he was a, uh, you know, lower grades coach at the West Tigers. And so mm-hmm. they all got on well with him. I went that's not why someone should get picked as a head coach because no. of a few young blokes like him. And yeah. Well, so lucky they didn't go with him.
1: You know my opinion of, of like the sort good of person – Yeah, well, the sort of per- people that make um, good coaches are assholes because yeah. like this idea that you can control what 30 men do to reach a goal – I mean, just to the thought that you can do that. You've got to be a certain personality type. There's the sort of people you don't want to get stuck having a conversation with. They're not real friendly. And you look at them, the best coaches are all a bunch of assholes, And I'm sure they'd say it, you know. Um, there are real certain personality types. And I dare say that being a nice bloke isn't one of them.
0: No, I agree. Totally agree. Um. Nice bloke coaches, they they never reached our premierships. I can't think of any.
1: Yeah, I can't think of a a proper nice bloke that won a premiership.
0: Um... Yeah, something else I was thinking of too that I wanted to I wanted to raise. Yeah, was after the South game on the weekend. There was mm-hmm. footage shown in the dressing room of Latrell Mitchell in tears. And yep. Wayne Bennett consoling him and having a chat with him. Yeah. Um. And Fox Sports kind of got a bit shitty about the fact that no one would tell them why he was upset. Yeah. Uh, look, I was
1: watching it. Um, first of all, hopefully Luttrell's fine. Hopefully he's all right. Whatever was upsetting him, hopefully he's he's got the support he needs. The thing that got me about the whole situation was after the after the game was finished on their panel they had greg alexander they had cory parker and they had sam burgess now sam burgess and greg alexander greg alexander was like man I, whatever's happening we don't know what it is hopefully he's all right sam burgess was like i don't know what's going on um i, I you know we'll find out cory parker was a fucking cunt he basically sat there and brainstormed what might be something that they can literally come up with. Like he was saying, if if they don't tell us what's going on, then the media's just going to speculate all week, which didn't happen, by the way. And I thought this, you know, Corey Park is a former player. He should know better than that. I thought it was gross.
0: It was. Um, the whole treatment of Luttrell has been gross. The only thing about what's happened to Latrell Mitchell in the last 12 months that generally needed to be reported on was, well, the two things. He signed with South yeah. and that he was probably being a bit of a dick with the whole, you know, isolation thing and going out shooting and stuff. Yeah. That's it. That's um,
1: it. Oh, and by the way, in the space of, what, a couple of months... He's looking like a fucking incredible fullback all of a sudden.
0: Yeah, and we both said it in, in previous episodes. Just give him a bit of time; he's going to be good. He's played yeah. there before. He knows what he's got to do. And yeah, especially the last two games, he's been he, incredible. Really his fired game. His involvement in the attack. And notice how the uh, the the geniuses of Fox Sports who were. Uh, constantly writing about him and condemning him and criticising him and going, oh, Latrell's playing like shit, he's playing like shit, he's crap, he's crap, all this sort of stuff. How they've not said a fucking word since he yep. started playing really good footy over the last two weeks. Not yeah, they've f- shut not up. Not a peep. Yep, yep.
1: And you know, it's just great to watch him play. You know, It's fantastic to see this really good footy player who was just amazing as a centre, and to see him decide like he could have stayed in the centers for 15 years right like that's how good he is he's like no i want to try and be fullback i want to be a fullback knowing that it might cost me rep jerseys and he went back there he struggled he struggled he struggled and now as he's starting to get it it's like oh man how many how many fullbacks can throw some of the passes he was throwing it's insane it's amazing and he's like or he's now running off the back of like cody walker that combination with him is going to be really good as time goes on like if they had a decent uh forward pack they'd be a scary team to play against unfortunately their forward back is terrible um so but yeah they've got i mean they've got a a good young fullback he could be playing fullback for 10 years at this level and if he is man
0: ah such a good player absolutely absolutely um so yeah that's I think we've gone off track again. Yeah, just a little bit. Yeah. That's good, though. <laughs> um, yeah, look, we'll, we'll close the door on the, the NROBite Super Stupid idea. Yeah. Um, it's not even an idea. What it was was a brain fart. Yeah,
1: like, pretty much like everything Phil Gould's come out with for, over the last eight months,
0: it's just a, it's a verbal diary. Yeah. Um... There was something else you said we are going to do. I can't remember what it was now. Well, I said that what we should
1: do is look through the contenders and the pre- right. pretenders. Yep. Um, I reckon we should save that for the next episode, though. That's a whole episode in itself, I reckon.
0: Fair enough. We can do that. Yeah. What well, should we chuck in here, man? We've still got a bit of time on our <laughs> sleeves. We, well, they've had to shift
1: the Melbourne Storms home game Ah yes, because of COVID nineteen has exploded again down there in Victoria. Um, they've moved it to uh, Cogra Oval, basically from mm-hmm. Amy Park. So that was an interesting one. They also are looking to move Penrith's game against, I believe, it's South Sydney from uh, Campbelltown Stadium to Cogra Oval as well, because the Campbelltown Stadium's getting a bit chewed up from all the footy that's being played there, which I can't believe no one thought that would happen.
0: Um, so, so, yeah, look, a lot of the uh, the reason for the Storm one too, one of the reasons is um, one of the AFL teams, I think it might have been Essendon, mm. had a player test positive to coronavirus.
1: Yeah, and, and he basically, uh, he... In, well, he hasn't infected them, but he he contaminated a certain amount of the playing staff at that club. And so they've got some issues there. Mm, and well, they've got some issues in Victoria in general. Like, what's it like for you? Because
0: you live down there. Are you worried about this? May I share an anecdote from today? Yeah, go for it. Um, you know, start with, I just want to say that, um, yes, I did behave like a cunt in the end, but it's justified. Okay. I'm sitting on the train going to work. Mm -hmm. And it's like this golden rule. You know, there's there's just certain things in society. They just know there's certain things that you just do. You you don't have to be told. And one of them at the moment is you don't share a seat with someone else. Yeah. So, right. You find a vacant seat. You go sit there. Everyone stays nice and well apart. Mm -hmm. So, I'm sitting in one of these seats there. And then after about four or five stops, a woman gets on the train there's a seat not far away, which is empty. Yeah. She walks past it and sits on a seat next to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking, There's like, there's no gap between it. She sits right next to me. Yeah. And I look at her and I say, are you right? Like, there's a seat over there. Why don't you go sit over there? You know, social distancing. Yeah. Why don't you move? And she looks at me, you know, and with very rude tone says, I can sit wherever I like. And then she puts her headphones on. Oh, really? I said, you rude piece of shit. Yeah. And she took her headphones off. She said, what did you just say? And I stood up and I said, fuck you. And then I farted in her face and then I walked <laughs> away. Wow. Yes, that all happened. I tell you what. I went, so why, you... do, why is it that in the end, after I behave like that, mm. I'm the responsible one? Because I got up and left. I went, well, you've run problem,
1: a a Garen. That's what's happened.
0: mm and this is the problem. There are too many people out there who are getting on trains who aren't going to work, Yeah, who are doing that shit. And essential workers like myself mm-hmm. are the ones impacted. Mm-hmm. And this is the problem with too many people in our society at the moment. There's too many selfish bastards out there who don't give a shit about what they're doing and how they might impact others. Because with the line of work I do, if someone gets coronavirus, And they go on a train before they're realising that they've got the symptoms and they spread that shit onto me. Mm -hmm. And I take it to work before I realise I've got it. I'm dealing with several thousand grocery orders per day. Mm -hmm. God knows how many people I could infect Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and how many people around Melbourne that could infect Mm
2: -hmm.
0: in an instant. I'm talking within the space of a few hours. Yeah. And there's no way they're going to shut that down. And the worst thing about that is... Online shopping then has to come to a halt. Think of the fucking implications of that. Yeah. This is the thing that frustrates me so much about it. And there's so many fucking idiots in society who don't give a fuck. They just want to do what I want to do. I'm sick of being in lockdown all the time going, do it. You have to be in lockdown. There's people out there who need you to be in lockdown. It's bad enough. I'm going to go and risk my fucking health and whatnot. Mm. Because, you know, I'm risking my own family's health by going to work. I do that so you can all get food and deliveries, you know, delivered to your house. So you don't have to go to the shops and risk your own health.
1: See, this is why I did my lockdown and I was like I went basically into bunker mode. I, I shut everything down, didn't leave the house or anything like that. And it was because I knew that it was then up to me. You know, I couldn't go out and be like uh, I I knew that there were going to be people that just were too dumb to work out what you've got to do like that, you know? Um, and luckily in New South Wales, it seems to have settled right down now. I mean, we're only getting you know, international visitors are bringing it in and they're all in quarantine anyway. Uh, it's really worrying what's happening in Victoria. I think they had, I think it was 16 today and 19 the day before mm-hmm. it, it. I mean, they're, they're real bad numbers. They're, what we were getting in our peak, I think, in New South yeah, Wales.
0: So it's, it's second wave stats. Yeah, It really is. It really is. And It's look, taken two weeks of AFL rounds because that's pretty, you know, this is the thing. The AFL's been talking about, you know, going back to getting 25% of capacity in stadiums and stuff like that, I think was the figure that's been thrown around at one stage. Mm, mm-hmm. Which, when you think about it, given that, the, you know, two or three games a week are played at the MCG and it holds close to 100,000, You're looking at 20,000 people going to the MCG for a game of AFL. Sure, you can space them out a lot in a big stadium like that. That's not the problem. The problem is they're all going to be queued up outside, and they're not Mm -hmm. going to queue up two metres apart. They're going to queue up close to one another.
1: Yeah, look, they're they're saying that this weekend, the Broncos will be able to have 10,000 people up there in Brisbane. (sighs) And I know the the Queensland numbers in general are very, very different, but I still think it's a bit early. I really do. I think, I think that with the 200 odd people that they've been allowing to games has been fine because they're nowhere near the playing surface. First of all, they're all isolated up in their boxes and 200 people, you they can disperse really, really quickly out the back of a stadium. They're not going to be hanging around and stuff, mm. but you get 10,000 people. It, it's a different scenario, you
0: know, and.
2: Especially I, when you I consider that
0: it... with, with Lang Park, there's only one train station nearby, so they're all going to walk to that if they need to go somewhere. And there's no yeah. parking, because it's an Australian sports ground. We don't have parking, them.
1: No. So you're no, going to take the train. It. Yeah. Having, having, a, having parking near a place where 50,000 people are going to gather, it's just, why would you do that? Yeah, mindless. What yeah, a waste of space. Ridiculous. Um, but, yeah, it's... Look, I think that they're in Victoria. I, could, I thought it was a smart move not to play the Storm games down there. I, I think that the NRL should be applauded for making that move really quickly.
0: Absolutely. Um,
1: I, I Man, I tell you what, if I think the AFL is probably going to get another round or two and they'll be shut down again.
0: Well, the the Essendon game from last weekend has had to be postponed so yeah. because of that one player. So they've already got, you know, one game now. On hold, mm-hmm. and man, if they find out that that player who tested positive may have actually been positive the week before, then the team who has not played against the week before may have to sit out, and the and the and the team that they played last week may have to sit out. I mean, you're already looking at four teams being put out. Yeah, this is the thing: is that no no crowd should have been attending games in my view until we had zero cases going on in this country.
1: Well, look over in New Zealand. They had zero cases for a couple of weeks, played a couple of games of Rugby Union, and all of a sudden cases started popping up out of nowhere. Yep. So it, you just, you can never tell. No, You never yep. tell.
0: You're not going to know how many people have got it until you test everyone. And yeah. that at the moment, that is just not logistically possible. No, no. So you're taking risks all the time. And I'm not one of those people out there who think that, you know, this virus is going to kill me or anything like that. Mm. I just don't want to be carrying it around. I don't want to be the person who's guilty of spreading it to other people, especially via my workplace. Yeah. So it's it's somewhat selfish to some extent Mm -hmm. by telling people who don't need to be out in public Mm -hmm. to not go on trains for my benefit because – I'm sacrificing myself to make sure everyone else can have stuff delivered to them, so they don't have to go out. It's mm-hmm. a bit of you know give and take. See, I I wouldn't like to get it because
1: if I come down with any sort of uh, illness, I can't give the people what they want, which is this podcast, you know. And I'd
0: I'd hate to deprive people of that. Yeah, man, I could I could help you through that. I've got a bit of experience with illness. <laughs> yeah. Just a bit. Just a bit. Um, I can help you through that. I can cover for you. I can help you out. Be... I can guide you through it. You'll be fine. That would be great. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: Don't you worry about that one, mate. Don't you worry. I've got your
1: back. I've got you. Um, you know what you should do, I reckon. <clears throat> Cause for people that, oh man, I'm getting, oh man, answer it. No, nah, I can't, I can't, I can't. Oh, <sighs> And I just gotta tell I just gotta message them. Okay. And say what I'm, should
0: freaky message this person? Hey, What should freaky message to this person? Sorry, I cannot speak right now. I'm busy with a goat. I'm busy with a goat. And when I say uh, busy, I mean bizay. busy. Bizay. <laughs> it's not what it sounds like.
1: I'm only fucking it. Um, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> what were we talking? Oh yeah. You should show people on Instagram. We won't say what it is, but you should show them the gift that I got you.
0: Yes. Um, geez. We give a few subtle clues in, in a recent conversation on Twitter about that. Yeah, they were subtle ones. They were. Um, um, okay. But, uh, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> I will take a photo of it. And, uh it's all well, I like can it say is it's glorious. It is pretty glorious. Uh, I was
1: very excited when I saw it. So, um, yeah, w- people can see that if they jump onto the Instagram account. What's the Instagram account? Is it Virgo
0: Freak Pod? That's the one. Excellent. I'll, send a, I'll take a photo of it after this episode, and I'll pop it up on there so people can check it out.
1: Excellent. That sounds like a plan.
0: Absolutely. Um, yeah, so that's a bit of coronavirus fear out of the way um speaking of coronavirus once more i think luke thompson is due to arrive in australia in the next week or two
1: he's still not here
0: he's still not here
1: i don't know i'm asking you i thought he'd be here and in isolation
0: no i thought he was going to arrive at the end of the month and then he'd be waiting for two weeks and then he'd be able to play okay yeah i thought he'd just flown straight over
1: uh it was interesting to see james graham you got Jack of the the Dragons and is on his way over to England. Um you know, I can understand why. Apparently he's gonna go over to England, play out the season with St Helens and then come back and have a media career over here, which is really cool because he's he's a he's a real good thinker on the game, you know. He he's outspoken but not just to say shit. You yeah, know what I
0: mean? He's outspoken but not in the same way that Paul Gallon is. Yeah, yeah, he's not a fucking idiot. Yeah. Yeah. Um and I don't know why, but even though he's from the north of England, I can actually understand him more than Sam Burgess. Ooh, that's a good that's a good point. I think you're right. I think I can understand. I don't
1: have too many problems with the English accent, like I No, no, I no,
0: I'm I'm good with the English accent. My yeah. my father-in-law's from from northern England. I can understand the the English accent as well. I'm not yeah. talking about I'm not understanding what Sam Burgess is saying. Yeah, because of the way he talks. Yeah. It's more about the fact that I don't understand what he's saying because he sounds stupid. <laughs> I
1: wouldn't have said <laughs> that, but
0: I just I don't know. I, I think that... he's not an, he's not an analyst. No, I don't okay. think he's either. He's also not amusing. At the moment, all That's I've true. seen from him on, on Fox Sports is being um targeted because he's British as having shit teeth. I went, mean, Wow, what a great joke that is from Maddie Johns. How hard did he think that one up? And that's pretty much it. Hang on a second. This is like 97%
1: of the things I used to say when I chat with the poms on forums. I just talk about their
0: bad team. This is 100% of all of Maddie John's jokes, though. You at least had 3% of other content. Yeah, yeah. I I put in 3% of,
1: like... uh, Soap dodging. Yeah, there Uh was a little bit of soap dodging there. I used to tell them, like, they invented the language. Why don't they speak it properly? (laughs) You know?
0: Sam Burgess, case in point. Yeah. Uh, look, it's um, – I think – imagine how bad you'd have to be as an NRL coach to force a player to go and play in the Super League.
1: Yeah, it's not good. Do you know what? Um, Mary McGregor said last weekend that he was giving up the, um, the ability, I guess, to pick the teams that ran out there for the Dragons – And, like, if you're a coach, that isn't... Like, you could strip back every single... If you said you could strip back everything a coach does except one thing, that's the most... The biggest thing he could do for a team on the weekend. I think that one thing would be the team he selects, you know? He could stay away from the team for an entire week and then turn up on the day and say, this is the team I want to play. And I think that he'd still be able to affect the result pretty well. But he's given that up, so... Bravo to uh, to oh, Paul well, McGregor because he's just removed himself completely from the entire coaching structure
0: at the the St George Illawarra Dragons. It's fantastic. I think it's a passive aggressive move to try and remove himself from any um, anything to do with results because you can just go, "Well, I didn't pick the teams. I can't well, be blamed." Bang, contract extension. Yeah, that's a good point. I guess it's like,
1: I mean, it's almost the Trent Barrett move. Like, I know I'm the coach, but the results not not on me, man. Not on me. I'm actually nah. a really good coach. Even though my record suggests I'm a bad coach.
0: Now I did see some some comments over the last two weeks about the dragons. So after yeah. they beat a woefully out of form Cronulla Sharks, uh huh. The Fox Sports Twitter account came out saying, Are the dragons back? I saw that. I replied <laughs> Back from what? Back to where? (laughs) Yeah. Um, And now they're saying, oh, are the the Dragons back on track after winning back-to-back games? They just beat the worst team of the last year and a half. And then a very out-of-sorts Cronulla team as well. Neither team's been in the top eight for a while. And you're saying, oh, they're back. Let's not forget that the two weeks before that, they lost to the Warriors and the Bulldogs. Yeah, They have had the easiest last four weeks of any team in the comp and are 2-2 and in those four games. They are not back. They're terrible. Even in the wins, they haven't played well. Mm.
1: This week, they've got the Roosters, I believe. Let's see how trounced. they are. (laughs) Yeah, they're going to get trounced. Um, The Roosters will be without James Tedesco because of that, that hit that, uh, Mike casavo did when he ran over the top of him and just about killed him. Um But yeah, it's it's which, which would have strange.
0: been the would have been the hit of the week had it not been for Matt Moylan running into a wall that moved at 120 k's an hour. Yeah, Matt Moylan got
1: hit so hard. I, I'm officially saying that now he's old Matt Moylan. Like D.W.Z. knocked about 27 years out of his life with that tackle. It was
0: fantastic. And I don't know if you saw, but there was footage of Matt Moylan afterwards. And while he looked like he was happy and fine and everything, I showed showed him from behind. And he's got a bit of a ball patch on the back of his head. Cameron Smith-esque. Oh, really? Really Mm. starting to lose his hair. Yeah, I think the hit did it. Probably. He knocked his
1: fucking hair out of the back of his head. God damn, that was a
0: brutal hit. I thought the biggest hit I'd seen in the last few years was when Cohen Hess, Pollack's Mitch Moses, when Moses just kicked a ball. And Hess was just as a fraction late, but it was like a, a train squashing an ant. <laughs> but this yeah, one, like that, oh I my think. God,
1: I think that hits the best hit I've seen. I'm trying to think when there's been another big hit like that. There was a lot of big hits on the weekend. Actually, there was some fucking massive hits. It, it's been good. It's been yeah, good. Oh
0: my, that that hit though, God, Yeah, that man. was the best. That was the best. That was just so sweetly tight. It was brutal.
1: I think between that in defense and then Sevo uh, when he ruined James Tedesco's life, um, uh, like they're the two best attack and
0: defensive hits we've seen this year easily. See, that's the thing we learned too with that, that fend from Sevo. When you yeah. lock that elbow and your arm is dead straight, yeah, you can plow through anyone. Yeah. And that was just a perfectly timed fend. So he, he leant into it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, arm was locked tight. And it's like trying to tackle someone who's holding out a, a crowbar into your chest. You're not going to grab it. You're not going to stop him. You're just going to end up hurt. Um, yeah, yeah, Inglis was the best at
1: it. Yeah, Inglis was definitely the best. I was going to say that's the sort of fend that Inglis did every time he put a fend on someone. Yeah.
0: He just brutals, brutalized someone. Yeah. Boom! Um, yeah. Dragons. Um, enjoy, enjoy the success that's just been there because I think I, I'm looking on here. The next three games are the Roosters, the Raiders, and then Manly. Well, they will all flog them. They'll all
1: flog them. I mean, Manly played really well, um, considering they'd lost a number of players during that game. The the Raiders have some issues. I think we should do an episode about the Raiders. Uh, I've got some real concerns about the Raiders.
0: Yeah, look, I think without going into it too much, I think their forwards are a bit heavy. I think this faster, not so much faster game. I think what we've got at the moment, I don't think the game's actually faster. I think we just have less stoppages. And we can debate whether whether that's good or bad, but at the moment there's less stoppages with those six agains, and I think that's catching up the the Raiders a bit, you know, the forwards.
1: I think that they haven't got a half back. George Williams is not an NRL-quality halfback. And I think that Hodgson Hodgson at hooker is not an NRL-quality hooker. His service is terrible. The decisions he makes in attack is terrible. Um, They need to replace those two players. And I think if they did that, they'd be a much better side for it.
0: Yeah, we'll get into that one a bit more in depth. I'll, I'll yeah. do get some stats and stuff as well. We'll make we'll make it a proper, genuine analysis. Why the hell not? Yeah, let's
1: break them down. We maybe try and get somebody that's a a Raiders supporter on too. How about that? Greeno, yeah, Greeno. Let's get Greeno on.
0: There we go. Yeah, that'd be good. Um, yeah, I guess is there, is there anything else you want to chuck up there?
1: No, that's it. uh I hope everyone enjoyed the 1996 uh, podcast that we did last time out because we've got some really good feedback from it. It was a very, very long episode, but I'm sure it's one that you've probably broken down into two or three or four or five listens, depending on how much time you've got for your podcasts. Um, We will be doing 1997 sometime in the near future. Uh, It'll just be when we've got a break in the footy that... You know, maybe not much has happened, and we'll go, let's do 97. Exactly.
0: 97 will be a fun one. Yeah, it will be. It'll be great. Now, have we had any emails?
1: We actually did, now that you mention it, because it was a while ago, because it was before that 1996 episode that we did. So let me bring up my emails. Okay. Um,. One, not that one. Okay. This is from Brendan. Brandon. And he, he said, six. It's, it, the comment is six again rule. When six again is called to stop the defensive team giving away another infringement on the early set to gain control in the upper hand, what if the attacking team can take the option on the first tackle to kick the ball out in the full, as they would have done if the play was stopped for a penalty? This gives the attacking team the option of taking the original penalty without stopping play, or they could just continue with their six again. The question would be if they can take the kick out, could they then restart the next set where the ball went out, as they do now after a penalty kick, or take the ball back to the original infringement and take a penalty kick at goal? I hope this makes sense.
0: Hmm. It does, but I think at the moment, the way the game's going, yeah, I think if you've got that momentum, yeah, teams are just going to run with it. Because more often than not, when that six-in call comes up,
2: mm-hmm.
0: I've seen quite a lot, as soon as that call goes up, dummy half does a scoot. Yeah. Because the defense has stopped moving briefly, just for, just for half a beat. Yeah. And yeah. so that dummy half will go for a run, and just bang. That defensive line is then in retreat mode the whole time, and... Mm-hmm the roll-on after a six again seems to be pretty, pretty massive. Um, and it, it almost makes up for the kick for touch. And so the benefit of not doing the kick for touch is that the opposition team doesn't get a rest either.
1: Yeah, I, I know. I, I think I would rather a team, I would rather the play stop and there be a kick for touch and you get your defensive line set rather than a six again. I think we've seen how devastating the six again Again, calls have been and the the problem I have with them is they're so inconsistent like they're super inconsistent and it's not me attacking the referee saying that because the referee's been asked to do too much but they just I mean the referees are just calling what they see but they're not seeing everything so they're inconsistent
0: yeah I mean they're generally calling on the run Mm. and with very little support yeah Uh, so yeah that's it's an interesting one I, I'm not hugely a fan of the six again thing. I think we're seeing at the moment that it's creating a huge gap between the generally good teams and everybody else, mm-hmm. and it's it's not it's not one of these things that's helping to even the game out. It's causing a pretty big divide between the top eight and the bottom eight.
1: Yeah, and... I agree. And like, I mean, it's we're starting to see. I reckon there's maybe nine teams you could look at as being in the top eight mix, you know. Mm. And, and I know that sounds silly, but with obviously ninth being the West Tigers, you know, that's their place. Yeah. But it's it's very early in the season for it to be lining up
0: like that, isn't it? It is, it is. And that's, that's a bit of a concern. I don't know how you, you know, how you come up with a solution that is doing what they're trying to do, which is clear up the ruck. Mm-hmm because um, at the moment what they've done is that they've cleared up, in in my view from what I've seen so far, they've cleared up a bit of the wrestle mm-hmm. not much, play the ball speeds aren't much quicker, if at all which suggests that there's still the same amount of wrestle going on on the ground well the the thing that I've noticed
1: as a Panthers fan man, we don't get six again calls, like the Melbourne's, we played the Melbourne Storm on the weekend we didn't get one of them
0: I I didn't watch that game, but uh, I have noticed that some teams are better at getting them than others. And I don't think it's because of any, you know, ref bias. I don't think ref bias actually exists. I think it's just some teams have got good at picking out how to get them.
1: Yep. Uh, yeah, it's it's a weird one. It's a weird mm. one. I just think...
0: Because you know, I mean any work. any rule changes goes on, there's always going to be teams that are much quicker at finding out how to exploit it than others. Yeah. That's just what teams do these days. And the sooner that the game and everybody else realizes that it's actually teams, clubs, players, coaches exploiting the rules that is making the job hard for referees and not referees being shit. Yeah. That's the time when we can go, right, how do we How do we change this? Because I don't think all clubs have been playing in the, you know, 100% in the best interest of the game for quite a while now. They've all been trying to find ways to, to, you know, work around the rules and find loopholes and exploit things because we've always had to keep tinkering with rules to try and alleviate some of these, you know, some of this behaviour by teams. See, I don't mind the behaviour by teams. To be honest with you, like no, it's, think... it's, it's expected. But I mean, the thing is, you can't tinker all the time because you're not—you're just yielding to them. You either got to be hard and say, "Right, we're not only going to allow you to do this anymore," which is what mm-hmm. the referees were doing in 2018,
2: mm-hmm.
0: or you just keep letting them do it. And stop trying to stop changing the rules. Just go fine if you're going to do it, then so be it. Go for it. Yeah. But constant tinkering—it's not helping anyone. I
1: think that I would like the powers to be to say, these are rugby league's rules. If you don't like them, we don't care. Yeah. You know, and stop listening to Channel 9 commentators when it comes to rules. I mean, there was a game on the weekend where uh, a player knocked on. You know who it was? It was, um, I think it was Klink Clint Utherson. Th- was it Clint Gutherson? He doesn't do knock-ons. Well, there was a player. He grabbed the ball and he brought it down and it looked... In fast speed, it looked like he'd just brought the ball down and scored a try. looked amazing. We looked at it on the replay. He hadn't actually done that. He'd lost the ball. And uh, I I can't remember what game it was. But anyway, fucking Phil Gould and Andrew Johns were saying, I know he knocked the ball on, but in fast speed, it didn't look like it. (laughs) And I was thinking, these are the two idiots that would whinge about, well, what if it was a grand final if they'd given
0: the try? Yeah. That's the conflict that they're in there, though, because they lobbied so hard to get back to one referee. Mhm- they cannot they they cannot, in their bones know that they can criticize referees because this is what they wanted and they've got what they wanted.
1: yeah, exactly,
0: so exactly. they don't want to look like hypocrites, yep, and they are <laughs> of course they are um but yeah that's a good email.
1: Yeah, it was a good one, a thought-provoking one. That's why we like emails, because it gets us talking about the game and, and uh, you know, it's interesting to get another perspective. So if anyone wants to send an email, go to podcast at leaguefreak.com, send us an email, and we'll read it out. We read every single one we get.
0: Absolutely, we do. Um, yeah, i guess just say
1: that's, that's it for this episode, eh? yeah yeah we've smashed it another awesome episode a little bit loose yeah sometimes it's got to be done eh? sometimes
0: it's got to be done yeah um everyone you can check us out on twitter at fergo freak pod we're on instagram fergo freak pod um we're on youtube facebook linkedin make sure you go in there to youtube and subscribe mm-hmm. like all the videos leave comments if you like we'll have to do an episode where we we'll go through some of the youtube comments i think
1: that would be cool yeah
0: yeah and um yeah, make sure you subscribe to the, the podcast and your podcast program device me. Yeah. Jeez, I'm, a, I'm an absolute tech nerd. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, we'll catch you all next time.